Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott. Amy is on an airplane right now, so she won't be joining us today, but we are super excited to have Jen McKee on. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're, we're talking uh, social media uh, marketing, but before we get to that, we would love uh, what we call the street cred, right? So we, we would love to hear uh, more about you, you know, hard knocks, uh, school, where you born, where you raised, kind of as much or as little as you'd like to share. Uh, we always love to, to get some background and kind of your journey till where you are today. Cool. So um, I'm Jen McKee. I own Keyheart Marketing, social media marketing agency. I'm here in San Antonio, Texas, born and raised. Um, I actually found Amy that way because she's also here in San Antonio, not currently, obviously. Um, but I have um, two kids, an elementary school husband. Um, I started my company about three years ago, I guess almost four years ago now. Um, I was at, worked in a restaurant for 17 years. I um, went to school for interior design. None of it was really sticking. Um, and so I was doing some marketing for a friend and realized that social media was a huge need for business owners. And it was something I could actually offer as a service. So I started reaching out to uh, business owners that I knew, and I was able to get some of my first clients that way, luckily. Um, and Keyheart Marketing was really a side hustle for me um, as I continued bartending. Um, if any of you guys have ever done that, you know that it's pretty lucrative and hard to get out of when it's just like easy money and easy hours. Um, and when the pandemic hit, I was kind of forced out of bartending, which was a blessing. And um, in the last two years, I've been able to really scale it into an agency. Um, so I now have four creators working with me to help with all of my client fulfillment. We've been able to really um, focus in on uh, organic social media. So the non-paid social, um, not advertised social, just brand building, thought leadership, um, community building type social. And we're right now, and especially going into 2022, really leaning into short form video. Um, we're only taking on clients who are ready and willing to do that. So um, our clients, we're putting them on TikTok, on Instagram. We even have some on um, YouTube shorts. And then we're still creating static content, but we're also repurposing that video for Facebook and LinkedIn and um, wherever else. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the short story long, long story short. I love it. Um, and so you kind of give us a, a little insight into some of the platforms that you work on. I'd love to know kind of why you chose those platforms and what the benefits are to those platforms. That's a really good question. So I completely ignore Twitter, which like some people might think I'm crazy for doing that, but <laughs> um, I love Twitter when like I'm live 
like I love watching live tweets of something happening right now. And that's like what I use Twitter for, um, similar to Reddit, but I use it. Facebook and Instagram, if you don't know, are the same company, um, newly rebranded to Meta, but um, they, they're, they're, they're the same company. So Facebook is one of the largest advertisers around. It is important to have a presence. It's a good place to um, get reviews and testimonials from customers that show that they're, um, you know, legit people. Like you can't fake a Facebook review. So I love that. For, um, for brands and businesses, it's obviously a huge advertising platform. So building up an organic presence is super important if you ever plan to use it for advertising. And it's a search engine. Like people, most, most people are on Facebook. And so um, as a business, I do think it's important to be on Facebook. Instagram is a little bit different. Um, it is connected. So same thing with the advertising. Um, Instagram, I feel like there's still a little bit of opportunity to build community. Um, you can use hashtags to kind of get yourself into conversations. Um, it's it's still a place where a lot of people are hanging out in the stories and the reels. Um, so that's why we do love Instagram. And then we love TikTok because of the reach and possibilities on TikTok right now. Um, Facebook and Instagram are not really an easy place to get in front of a bunch of new people quickly without spending advertising money. On TikTok, um, we can post TikTok videos and get in front of hundreds or thousands of people with the very first time that we're posting. If you're really lucky, millions. Um, we haven't done millions with one of our first posts yet, but overall we've gotten in front of millions of people on TikTok. So um, I, I just, there's so much opportunity right now on that platform. And just like any other platform, that opportunity won't be there forever. So that's why we're really focused on it right now. I love that. So um, one of the things that I think a lot of people uh, struggle with are ideas on what to post on social, right? They're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm an Amazon seller and I sell dog food. Like, what, you know, what am I going to post? So uh, yeah. how do you work with, you know, <laughs> what, what do you, what do you do to brainstorm with people in terms of like what to post? Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. So um, the first thing that I do whenever I take on a new client is I do competitor research. So I'm going to look at all kinds of people who are in your niche. So if you sell dog food, for instance, go look at what other dog food companies are doing on multiple social platforms. Start taking notes, you know, like um, what type of content are they posting? Is it video? Is it um, swiping posts? Is it links to blogs? Um, what type of posts are being engaged with? What type of hashtags are they using? Um, what type of sounds are they using on TikTok? Sorry, my kids just got home. My dogs are going crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, the kids won't bother me. Um, and then after that, um, we come up with content pillars. So that really can be helpful in deciding like what you're going to be consistently posting about. So content pillars might look like um, – for a dog food brand, it might be like brand branding type awareness stuff. So just talking specifically about your brand, um, at things that are related to dogs. And so maybe you talk about um, at like dog tips, you know, um, you could talk about what's in your dog food. You could talk about, um, you could show like videos for TikTok. It, you can have a lot of fun. So sometimes we just go completely off of educational and now we're just having fun. So um, maybe you find or like reach out to your customers and get lots of videos of people like 
feeding their dogs or like having their dogs sit and wait before the food comes, like those videos can be really funny. And so um, doing that competitor research usually helps a lot with coming up with ideas, but then it's just like try things and be willing to accept if that thing isn't the thing that works, like try something else. And so with social media, you have a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to test things. So test it out. If it's not working, move on, you know, um, and test something else. Love it. And the other thing that I've seen work really, really well is even if, you know, I always use the, the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, example of like, if you're selling bikinis, like Instagram and TikTok probably going to be phenomenal platforms, but if you're selling office paper, like probably not so good, unless Mm -hmm. you get super creative and do something like the dollar shave club, right? If you don't know dollar shave club, go look them up on YouTube. They did a super low budget, like YouTube video, but it got like tens of uh, millions of views. I think they're up to like 30 million views now or something. It ended up being a huge company. They sold it. Um, but you know, if you do, if you can't, you know, sell the product and it's boring, then figure out how you can make it fun. Right. Um, and then the That's other things, exactly true. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly then the other things, I mean, especially with that video. Right. And the other things I've seen is like journey, right? Like just recording your daily journey on like struggles and like, you know, like uh, today my product got, you know, shut down on Amazon and these are my struggles and people will really relate to those. The other thing, is questions, right? Like ask your audience questions like, Hey, we got this new dog food. You know, you know, what do you love about it? What do you hate about it? Like, what do you wish your dog food had? You know, what makes your dog happy? You know, those kinds of things that are like really engaging. Am I kind of on the right track there? Yeah. And I mean, so the content pillars are helpful because they give me something to jump off of. I think that what happens a lot with social media is like that question of what am I going to post? It just becomes like, I'm not going to post anything because it just feels overwhelming. Um, And so when I have like a themed idea of like, well, these are the things that we post about, or um, on Mondays we post it. I don't know, you know, something specific to Mondays, like motivational something or something about the town or I'm just, you know, whatever. But there's also a lot of resources for trying to figure out, like you said, questions. Um, Just you've got a lot of things thinking in my head, but we use a website called answerthepublic.com where you can put in keywords about um, whether it's like specifically your product or you go a little bit even more specific in it. So like if you sell dog food, like you might search the keyword dog food, but you might also search like my dog or a specific breed of dog and see the questions that people are asking. You can use Google trends kind of in the same way, just to see like what's trending in Google searches. Um, YouTube is also a great place to look for the types of questions that people have. And then you talked about um, like making something boring fun. So that's really what, where TikTok is having fun. Um, Right now there's there's a really great brand on TikTok, um, Duolingo. They do, they're the uh, um, language app uh, and their TikTok is so good. And it has not really a lot to do with learning a new language. They're just doing a lot of really fun branding. And because of it, they're being seen um, in a big way. So you don't always have to stay like, uh, you know, boring or educational or whatever, even though that might not be boring, it might be really great. Like maybe you're showing how you make dog food. I know we're like really stuck on the dog food. We can move to some other topic, (laughs) but um, yeah, having fun, being creative, testing it out at all. It all works. 
Love it. And, and, um, have you seen, I don't know if, you know, you primarily, primarily work with, uh, e-com sellers, but, um, in, in working with, uh, these different platforms, do you have one that seems to work the best and kind of what are some of the tactics that you're using on those platform or on that platform? The one that kind of seems to, to, to give, like, I think you said, TikTok. is that, is that still kind of what you're, you're on, on point for? Yeah. So when it comes to organic social, like non-paid. The reason I lean towards TikTok is because of the reach, the organic reach that you can get. Um, you can get that on Instagram using Reels still, but it's a lot more difficult. If you are, um, if you're just, you know, if you have limited time, if you're looking at your lowest hanging fruit opportunities where you can get the biggest bang for your buck, that's why I suggest TikTok. There are limitations though, like you don't have access to links, um, which is a huge limitation for an e-commerce brand. And so it becomes more of a, a brand awareness situation. Um, once you get enough followers, you do have access to links and those things change. You have access to an Instagram link. So you could like, you know, move it around, link to your Instagram, whatever. But um, it, that that is the draw to it. Of course, you know, every I think every platform has its its advantages like with Facebook you can actually post clickable links although Facebook probably isn't going to show that to very many people and so um with Instagram you can post links in your stories now um and you should still get pretty high reach with that so there is advantage to Instagram of course once you hook up your shop through Facebook you can tag all your products on Facebook and Instagram there's an advantage to that I know that TikTok is setting up shopping. Um, I'm not sure if it's just for advertising or if they're using it for organic yet, but um, that is something that's coming, you know, down the pipeline with that. I love that. So another thing, uh, like you said, a lot of platforms, they don't allow you to click and, you know, the the, the kind of uh, call to action to directly purchase a product is kind of difficult. But I know that in the past, we've used things like contests and giveaways in conjunction, right? Like go to our website, go to our Facebook group, et cetera, like some call to action in the actual content, um, and, but also like sweetening the deal with some kind of carrot, right? Is that a good um, technique? And if so, like any way to uh, kind of maximize that? So are you asking if that's a good technique on TikTok or just like in general? Just in general and any tips on, you know, that type of, uh, you know, that, that kind of marketing. Yeah, I mean, I think it, um, it, there could be pros and cons to that, right? Like one of the cons being that a lot of times you're attracting people who are just interested in free things and they're not really interested in your product. So that's always like the concern, but in general, like if you're looking to improve engagement, um, that's always going to be a great way to get more engagement. Once your account is getting more engagement, meaning like more people are interacting with it then you're more likely for them to see the next thing that you post. So it might not go much further than that, but it's going to help a little bit in that way. A lot of times you can add followers that way. Um, again, that's a vanity metric, but it also could um, make you look more legit, you know, if somebody's coming to your page. So um, there are definitely advantages to that. Uh, I have found new brands from giveaways that I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I think there is still a draw to it. Um, as far as like in video in TikTok, it's not something that I've seen done a lot yet. Um, I uh, even, you know, um, user generated content, it's still a pretty new thing on TikTok for brands. But um, I think that there is advantages to, to giveaways for sure. But I wouldn't rely on it as the only 
way to grow the account or the only thing that you're posting. Um, if it's the only thing that you're posting, it starts to feel a little bit spammy. Yeah. So I, I love that you mentioned kind of, you know, followers, because I think that so many people nowadays are fixated on likes and follows and things like that. And, and you know, racking up these giant numbers. But in a lot of uh, instances, I've seen smaller, you know, followers, but who are much more engaged, much more connected, like real people rather than just like, you know, 50,000 people from, you know, somewhere where it doesn't even matter to, to get your message across mm -hmm. to. Um, is that kind of your theory? Do you go for maximum exposure or maximum engagement and, and trying to find really the best avatar for those brands? We are always more focused on um, number one, whatever our clients focus is, but we like vanity metrics can show us what's happening, right? They can let us know that people um, that our content is reaching the right people that we are um, getting in front of more people, but they're not, like everything that you need to look at. And so we use them, um, like I said, like I, I look at our analytics every week across the board for all of our clients. But what I'm looking at is like, are we creating the right type of content? Are we, is our content getting in front of the right people? And what do we need to be making more of? And what do we not need to be as worried about? So that's kind of what I use Vanity Metrics for. I do not care about follower accounts at all. They don't mean anything. People can buy followers all day long. And honestly, buying followers is going to hurt your account because um, of the way that the algorithm works. So not necessarily the TikTok algorithm, but Facebook and Instagram is like a percentage of people that are engaging with your content. If you have a ton of followers and no one's ever engaging, you're telling the algorithm that people don't like your content. So if you're buying followers, they're not going to engage with your content. And then the algorithm thinks that your content isn't good. So it's definitely not, not a good thing to do, but yeah, we, we look at metrics as a way of telling us like what's working and what's not, but not really much other than that. Awesome. So um, it, a lot of, you know, if you can't measure success, like there's no way to improve or to know that what you're doing is working. Any specific ways that you measure success when in, in terms of, you know, some of these various social media campaigns or managing accounts, things like that? Yeah. So again, it comes down to what our clients are looking for. So um, and, and with organic social media, we're playing a long game. You know, we are looking for, um, for brand awareness. So it's not like this person's going to, um, it's not always this person's going to become a customer tomorrow, but this person's going to start to get to know us and they're going to be in our circle of influence. Um, we're going to try to get them on our email list and then we're going to continue to build a relationship with them to move forward. Um, so our, metrics they they just depend on what it is that we're doing what i'm always looking at like i said is like um sharing saving engaging uh and then if like if we're getting more views when it comes to the videos and the views are dependent on how long somebody's watching our content so that's really why we're looking at that I love it. Okay. So I want to switch gears a little bit. This is kind of a loaded question, but uh, I'm curious. Um, it's for me, it's kind of like, you know, buying products in China. Like you're like, okay, you know that it, it or at least for me, I feel like kind of icky about doing that, but it's kind of like you have to, right? So kind of, do you feel that social media is evil or bad? Um, and if so, <laughs> how do you think we can change it? Or do you think that? Uh, we're going in the right or the wrong direction in terms of our, our digital lives. That is a loaded question. Um, no, but I really love it. So uh, I think that 
social media could be bad. Um, but I think that it's important that all of us um, set boundaries for ourselves on social media. So for instance, um, my husband just recently said like, oh, every time I get on Facebook, it's just so horrible. And I'm like, okay, you haven't curated your Facebook feed. Like I personally unfollow and unfriend and unlike things that I, they're not showing me what I want to see. And it's not, uh, it, it, it's like, there's no point in putting negativity into your life every day when you have control over what it is that's getting in front of you. So I suggest that, that if, if anybody listening to this ever feels like everything on their social media is always so negative and they're always seeing these people and they're just like, oh, you need to unfollow those people or unfriend them. And it it's not to say that you're, if you have, like, if they're your mom even, or your aunt or your your, you know, best friend's husband or whatever, that doesn't mean it, it's honestly going to protect your relationship with them in the long run to not have to see their daily threads of things that you don't agree with. And so um, I, I curate all of my social feeds so that I'm not seeing things that make me feel bad. Um, I do, uh, I try to um, like get off of social media at a certain time. So I was really good about it for a while and it's definitely gone downhill, but like turn off social media at 6 PM. And for me, it's because I'm on it all day. I, I recognize people are at work all day and whatever. I'm on it all day. I need to be off of it. Um, not be on social media on Sundays at all. Um, so allowing yourself to be more present in the times I also like, I don't put my kids on social media. You won't see them. They're on my TikTok like a teeny tiny bit but I don't put their faces anywhere because like, you know, I don't know. I just think it's weird. It's really, it was because people that we casually knew were like, Oh my gosh, your kids are getting so big. And I'm like, you've never even met them. And this is weird. So I'm like <laughs> done. And so I think that it's important to set your own boundaries in your social media across all the platforms, whether it is curating your feed or um, giving yourself time to get off of it. Instagram just released a new feature called um, a break or something. I just thought before we got on here where you can set Instagram to tell you to get off of it. Um, after whatever time you've decided that you've been on it for too long, you could tell it like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And then it'll tell you that your time is up. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, I think the boundaries are important. <laughs> Yeah, the the other thing to, to, that I've noticed is that it's the timeline that's that's the the killer, right? It's like this random stuff that pops up. Whereas, you know, a lot of people don't know you can set direct links to your groups and um and to your pages and things directly on your phone. So, like when you click on it, it goes directly to that thing rather than to your 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 uh, feed, which you know distracts you and and takes you away from you know. For me, it's like Facebook is is mostly just a business you know place to to do business. And I, of course, get, you know, wrapped into conversations that are just time wasters, honestly, in the end. Um, so that was one mm -hmm. of the things I, I just recently did because, you know, I'm really trying to move away from that. I've also been banned from Facebook like three times. So um, mm -hmm. I don't put all my eggs in the Facebook basket. I'm pretty big on LinkedIn now. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. such a good point. You just brought up a great point, especially as e-commerce business owners um, or any business owner you cannot rely on any of the social media platforms as your only means of reaching your audience. And so I mentioned it like very, very slowly earlier, but building your email list is one of the most important things you can do because you will always have that email list. Like you, you own that asset, whereas you don't own your social media follower asset. You have no way of reaching those people. If for some reason you get banned from the platform and 
Andy, I don't know why you were banned, but I'll tell you that you can get banned for nothing and your page can get deleted for no reason. And um, you've, I mean, in your mind, there's no reason. Facebook's uh, AI and bots thought that there was a reason and that's why they did it. And it's almost impossible to get it back. Um, it takes a lot and um, you probably need to connect with somebody like me in order to get it back. And that even doesn't always work. Um, I just had a client that I took on and it, she told me that their page was banned and luckily it wasn't their page. It was actually her personal account um, in which she has no idea why she's not an advertiser or Facebook marketer at all. And her Facebook account got banned from ever advertising. So um, that is a real thing. And all social media platforms can do that. TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they can all ban you. So always be working on building your email list um, so that you have, you have uh, a way to reach your, your people. Yeah, it's own the audience, right? I've said that for many years. It's the same thing with like Manny Chat and, and Messenger and all that. Like, you know, people were really into that. And I laughed because I was like, oh, I was doing bots when I was 19 years old on ICQ. You're probably too young to even know what that is. <laughs> but, um, you know, to me, it's like if you don't own that audience, you know, somebody can just turn the switch and you're and you're done. Um, the only thing I think I can think of for why I got banned was was most likely um, uh, something to do with advertising, you know, being in the Amazon space, they're really looking at the Amazon space. Cause there were a lot of like scammy people in the Amazon space. So like yeah. you said, the AI bots probably picked up on something. I actually hired an ex Facebook employee to try to unblock my account and even he couldn't do it. So they really don't know, like me. Yeah. So if you yeah. go to my, if you go to my main like Facebook profile, like my main photo is like a caricature of me because I'm afraid to put my real mm -hmm. face up there, seeing that it might like flag something and boot me off again. So yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but I, I actually see it as a huge blessing because LinkedIn, at least on the B2B space is, is amazing, um, in terms of connecting with people like super high up on, on the, you know, people that you'd probably never interact with you know, on other platforms that you can interact with on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, not necessarily great for like pushing products unless it's like info or software, yeah. but um, a really great place to connect with other business owners and, you know, s some of the higher level stuff like that. Um, any, you know, if somebody's just starting out on the, on social media, you know, besides, um, you know, besides, uh, you know, the basic stuff, any like tools or tricks or something that, you know, somebody just starting out should really concentrate on. I know that one of the, the things that I always say is like pick one platform <laughs> that you think is going to perform the best or do a small test in the beginning and then really concentrate on that one platform and then cross post, you know, kind of as a second, as an afterthought, if you have time, but anything else like that, that you can, you can give advice for in terms of just people just getting started out on, on social media. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundTable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.